You've all heard the term, well, you're one in a million. I got news for you. You are one in one. You are one of one. You know, in art, they might have, uh, you know, a picture that says one of a hundred. But as God's masterpiece, there's no one like you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are one of one. And that means that we're different from one another. We're the same body. We all have different graces and different races to run. But ultimately, we're running for the kingdom of God and for the cause of Christ. But you know what happens to you when you realize that you're one of one, that there's no one like you, that you are uniquely and wonderfully made, you are his masterpiece, you are his work of art, then you will stop comparing yourself with other people. How can you compare yourself with someone when there's no one just like you? There's no one just like you. Amen? Smith says, well, I don't feel that good about it myself. Well, just hang on. God started a good work in you, and He's going to complete it. He's going to perform it until He returns. So you are new creations. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There shall be no identity crisis in this house. You may get older, your looks may change, but your identity is not in your looks. Our identity is in the fact that we are the very righteousness of God in Christ. Your career may change, but when your career changes, does not mean that you have an identity crisis. Because you know that you are a born-again believer. And you are an overcomer in Christ Jesus. And folks, that's the way you got to see yourself. you got to magnify what God has done in your life. The Apostle Paul said, I magnify my office. He wasn't lifting up himself. He wasn't boasting in himself. He was boasting in the call of God upon his life. He was celebrating. He was extolling. He was magnifying what God called him to do. Every one of you have great value in the sight of God. He shed his precious blood for precious men and women just like you. So magnify what God's called you to do. Magnify the race that you're running. Amen? And stay in your own lane. Don't try to get in somebody else's lane and try to run their race. You know, if you're an ear in the body of Christ, you'll never make a decent toe. Right? I mean, you can put whatever. No, you are who you are by the grace of God. Amen? Somebody say, well, I'm not that talented. Yes, you are. You are talented. You are blessed. You are highly favored of God. And you have something to offer in the kingdom of God. Don't talk yourself out of it. Talk your way into it. I am a blessing going somewhere to be a blessing. Amen. Praise the Lord. So this morning I just want to talk to you for a little while about Abraham's blessing. We, dis- we discovered last week how that we are heirs of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And when Jesus moved into our life, he moved in with everything that belongs to him. What belongs to him belongs to you. You have been born into the royal family of God, the richest family in the whole universe. And Abraham's blessings are yours. Now notice with me in Galatians, the third chapter, the 13th verse is Christ, the anointed one in his anointing. He has redeemed you from the curse of the law, having become a curse for you. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He was cursed in order that you might be blessed. Now notice in verse 14, That the blessing of Abraham might come upon your life through Jesus Christ. 
in the way that we tap into and the way that we operate in the blessing of Abraham, notice with me, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Everything that God promised to Abraham, we tap into, we operate in it by faith. Amen? Amen. Somebody says, well, I wish I had faith. Well, you don't have to wish anymore. You have faith. If you're born again, God has dealt to you the measure of mountain-moving faith. Amen? And you and I have an inheritance. Amen. So this morning in verse 29 of Galatians 3, it says that if you be Christ, how many of you belong to Christ? If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so we see then that we are an heir according to what God promised to Abraham. Now there's great blessings that God promised to Abraham. We notice them in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. And this is the amplified version. So I want you to read it with me. Ready? Read. Go ahead. And I will make of you. And I will bless you. And I will make your name famous. And you will be a blessing. Abraham was the first Hebrew person and God birthed the nation of Israel through him. God said, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to make you great. I'm going to increase you more and more. And that's what God desires to do in all of our lives in every area. In Galatians 3.9, it says this, So then they which be of faith. You cannot say you are not of faith. You are of faith. So then they which be of faith... What are they? They which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Abraham was blessed with an abundant increase of favors. You know, if you look at Abraham's life, you found out that he was very wealthy, that he was very rich in livestock and in gold. He wasn't rich when God first called him, but when he became rich after he obeyed the Lord and followed the path that God had for his life. Now, you and I are rich. And when I said that in the first service, I got a kind of glazed look in people's eye. I am? I don't have two nickels to rub together. No, according to the Word of God, you are rich. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was so very rich... He became so very poor that you through his poverty might be rich. And the word rich there means to have a full supply. That means to have more than enough for yourself and more than more than enough to give to others. And really that's what this ministry is all about. You know, I noticed that Mark and Janet Brazier are in three nations this week. They're in Brussels, they're over there in Paris... And they're over there in Rome. They're establishing fire bases. And signs and wonders and miracles happened in Paris last night. And signs and wonders and miracles are going to happen in Rome on Tuesday night. And you, my brothers and sisters, gave them a very generous offering through their conference with us for nearly $10,000. You see, we're blessed to be a blessing. Yeah, God wants you to have stuff. But He wasn't, does not want stuff to have you. Amen? Amen. Then Raul, he's going to the Philippines. I want a part of what happens in the Philippines when he goes. Therefore, we're going to sow a seed there. Folks, we got seed all over the whole world. We got seed here in the Bay Area, and I'm excited about it. Say with me, I'm blessed to be a blessing. 
The other thing that God gave Abraham was just incredible favor. One group of people looked at him and said, Man, you're a mighty prince among us. See, God wants to supernaturally elevate every one of us in this auditorium today to places of favor and places of influence. How many of you know that your promotion does not come from your education? Or the lack thereof. But your promotion comes from the Lord. And the Lord is so good to all of us. He did for Abraham what he'll do for you. Did you not know that Abraham received material blessings that he didn't have to work for? Now I'm advocating, I'm not advocating not working. No, we work. We do what we're supposed to do. But I tell you what, God's favor is so strong upon us that he'll open doors that no man can shut. Amen. See, what we need to get a hold of in this church is this, that the wealth of the sinners laid up for you. There's coming a financial inversion from the world system into the kingdom of God, where silver and gold and stocks and great things are coming into the family of God. And you know what? He'll put it in the hands of those men and women that he can trust. And he can trust you. And he can trust me. And he can trust this church. Say with me, so be it, so be it, so be it, so be it. Hallelujah. But here's another verse that will set your feet to dancing. Deuteronomy 6.11 says that he will give you houses that you did not build. He will give you wells that you did not dig. And vineyards that you did not plant. Hallelujah. So let's look at some of these blessings today. Are you ready? Look at Deuteronomy chapter uh, 28 verses 3 through 6. I think Pastor Tom did such a tremendous job on the offering today. In Deuteronomy, notice this with me. In verses 3 through 6 it said... It says, Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed thou shalt be in the field. What does that mean? That means wherever you are, you're blessed. Next verse. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. That means whatever you do is blessed. Next verse. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. That means whatever you have is blessed. That refrigerator that you've had in your house for 20 years is blessed. Stop cursing what God has blessed. (laughs) Amen. Well, somebody says it just conked out. Well, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. He'll get you a new one. He'll get you a better one. Amen. Now notice with me, it says, blessed shalt thou be when you come in. Were you blessed when you came into church? And blessed shalt thou be when you go out. That means wherever you go, you are blessed. In verse 7, it says this. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They may come against you one way, but praise God, they'll have to flee before you seven ways. Now, if you look at that word smitten, smitten in the Hebrew means suddenly and quickly. With decisive fate, with the intent to utterly conquer and destroy. That's what God does to our enemies. Now the message says this, God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They'll come at you on one road, but they'll run away from you on seven roads. Remember this, that God said to Abram, I'm going to curse those who curse you. And I will bless those who bless you. You see, he's an enemy to your enemies. 
He opposes everything that opposes you. So we can boldly declare, because of the blessing upon our life, no weapon shall befall us. No evil plots of the enemy shall prevail, because I've got the favor of God and the blessings of God upon my life. People may talk against you, but God will turn those, those, that conversation around and you will come to a place where you will even be at peace even among your enemies. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. See, God's serious about this. He's serious about the blessing on your life. You get a little sassy. Say, thank God you cannot curse whom God is blessed. Now notice with me in verse 8. Verse 8 says, The Lord will command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. See, when the head of the church, the captain of your salvation, our commander-in-chief, commands a blessing upon you, that blessing is yours. In your storehouses. On your, in the marketplace. In your checking account. In your 401k. In your savings account. Say with me, my storehouses are blessed because the commander-in-chief has commanded it to be so. The Lord will command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, plural, and in all that you set your hand to. What this means, when you get serious about declaring the blessing over your life, it will even impact and affect what you put your hand to. When you go into the marketplace and you go on the job, expect the blessing to show up. Expect the blessing to promote you. Expect the blessing to give you witty ideas. Expect the blessing to give you wisdom. God will promote you. He did it for Joseph. He took him out of prison and made him... What did he make him? He made him second in command under under Egypt's premier. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I like what the message says. It says God will order a blessing on your barns and on your workplaces. Don't curse your job. Don't curse your job. Value that job God's given you. Don't cause strife on the job. Go in there and be Christ-like. Be light in a dark place. Amen. And God will bless you for it. Notice with me now in verse 9 and 10. It says, And the Lord will establish thee in holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord your God. The biggest commandment we need to keep is the commandment of love. Folks, if you walk in love, amen, you're going to walk in the blessing. And walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord your God, and they shall be afraid of thee. Now I want you to notice this verse. It says, and the Lord will establish thee, in verse 9, a holy people. That word establish in the Hebrew means, he will raise you up to become a powerful people. And the word holy there means to be set apart, to be consecrated, to be purified and protected from ruin. So the Lord will establish you and holy people. The message says this. And the people on the earth will see you living under the name of God. And they will hold you in respective awe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
they will respect you because of the blessing upon your life. Amen. Now notice verse 11. Are you getting anything this morning? Verse 11 says, And the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods. Notice with me, ladies and gentlemen, he didn't say that he's going to bring plenteous bads to you. God is not the author of bads. He's the author of goods. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of your body. How many of you know that God is for your body? And he wants the fruit of your body to be blessed. And in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, that's your property, and in the land which the Lord thy God swore to give thee. Now notice this word plenteous. Everyone say plenteous twice. The word plenteous in Hebrew literally means abundance. It means to have more than enough. It means to have excess. It means to have too much with much left over. He's the God of the too, too much. Plenteous in goods. I prophesy plenty over you. Not plenty of trouble, plenty of blessing. I prophesy plenty of health to you. Hallelujah. I prophesy over this congregation a plenteous amount of joy. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give them 10 seconds of uninterrupted shouting and praise and joy in the Lord our God. Glory to God. Keep it up. Glory to God. Woo! You see, what we need to learn more of is we need to learn to laugh at the lies of the devil. He is a liar. He's good at it. He's the father of it. But we serve the Lord of joy. And joy is part of the blessing. So what do you say? At destruction and at famine, we do some laughing. At sickness and disease, we do some laughing. At depression and oppression, we do some laughing. At lack, we do some laughing. Hallelujah. Come on, 10 seconds of joy and laughter. Ha, by faith, fake it if you have to. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Lying symptoms. Lying symptoms are lying vanities. Along with lying symptoms come lies of destruction and lies of death. Stop observing them, saith the Lord. Stop considering them. Stop thinking about them and consider me. Consider what I've done. Consider my word. As you consider my word and as you speak my word, it shall literally put a stop on those lying vanities and those lying symptoms. So consider what I've already done. Consider what my word says. For I am the apostle and the high priest of your confession. So as you say what I said about your body, I watch over my word to perform it on your behalf. Shut that down, those lies of the enemy, by holding up the word of life, by holding up and speaking up the word of truth. And so shall you see the glory of the Lord come upon you, and quickening shall take place, for you're walking by faith and you're living in my grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Along with those lying symptoms come fear and worry. So cast your cares over on me. Yes, there's a test. 
But for every test, I have glory and I have rest. So say it with me now. I cast all my cares, every fear over upon thee, O God. I shut the door on the lies. I shut the door on the fears. In the name of Jesus, for every test, there is rest. So I believe your word. And I speak your word. And I act on your word. And I enter into your rest. I say over your lives to your soul, peace. Be still in the name of Jesus. The one who still stills, the one who stilled the storm still lives and he lives in you. Let there be peace in your soul. Let there be joy in your life. Amen. Say it with me. I believe it. I receive it. I am, I am, I am full of rest. I'm full of rest. I'm full of peace. I am peaceful. I am fear free. I am faith filled. No worries here. Hallelujah. For the Lord is on my side. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> to be blessed, you must say blessed. Say blessed when you don't feel blessed. And in saying blessed, when you don't feel blessed, you're calling those things which be not as though they were. Hallelujah. Learn to declare in the midst of failure what I have declared over your life. Mm -mm -mm. Did you get that? To walk in the blessing, you got to speak the blessing. Oh, hallelujah. So say it with me about five times. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. So if you are blessed, then you are not stressed. I am too blessed to be stressed. Yeah. That's yours. That's mine. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But here's what the blessed ones do the blessed cheer up. The blessed don't cheer, tear up, they cheer up. Be a good cheer. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to hurt you or to harm you. I've set up giving you authority and there is no thing that shall befall you, that shall harm you. Shall rise up and take your place of authority and speak in my name and speak my word and pray in the Holy Ghost. And God shall arise and your enemies shall be scattered. See, they'll come against you on one road. But because you're blessed and you know what to do when they show up on that road, they'll have to run from you on seven different roads. <laughs> Woo, say it with me. I am blessed. And the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will do it. The Lord will make you plenteous and goods. 
He'll do it. The Amplified says, And the Lord will cause you to have a surplus of prosperity. The message says, God will lavish you with good things. You know what lavish is, right? Lavish is what you do with your baked potato and butter and sour cream. Come on now, somebody. Verse 12. And the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. Now notice that word treasure. Everyone say treasure. In the Hebrew, it is treasury. It means depository or armory. One translation says that the Lord will open up for you his own well-stocked storehouse. The Lord will open unto you his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, but you will not borrow. You see, there is a storehouse of bounty. The rabbis in the stone edition said it like this. When it says, I will open unto you my good treasury. What the the stones translation says, the storehouse of my goodness. Everything that you'll ever need in life. Today, tomorrow, and forever is in abundance in his great storehouse. Now I ask you this morning, did you wear your shouting clothes? Your shouting clothes are standard for church clothes. But no notice, the Lord will open unto thee his good treasure. That word open is very interesting. It's not just kind of, you know, like it's hot outside. Well, honey, could you open the window? No, it's not like that. The word open there in the Hebrew means to let loose and to be thrown open. God has thrown open his storehouse for us. In the message, it says this, God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults. Man, it's the same word in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Malachi 3.10 says this, Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open heaven itself to you and pour you out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. You know, when you talk like this, some people, ah, the pastor's talking about money again. He's talking about, he wants our money, trying to get something from us. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say with all humility, I'm not trying to get anything from you. I'm trying to get something to you. In between services, my secretary uh, emailed me this, and she thought it would fit good for the message, so I'm going to give Jane Mayoga credit for this. She said this, she sent me this, Whenever the Lord invites you to give... He's setting you up to be used by Him. To be privileged to be a channel, a blessing. And then said, what a deal. You get to do it. The storehouse of His goodness. The storehouse of His abundance. Listen folks, heaven is overloaded with things that He's prepared for you. There is an untapped supply that exists for you and for me. There are literally unclaimed treasures of heaven waiting for your bold claim of faith. I was reading along the lines of, uh, how many of you ever heard of uh, a struggling preacher in uh, Houston, Texas by the name of Joel Osteen? 
You know, I think Joel just might make it if he sticks with it. But he has a sister. Her name is Lisa Osteen Combs. And Lisa, of course, John Osteen's daughter. And uh, Lisa, years ago, opened a package that was really delivered uh, to John Osteen's office to kill him. In that package, it had just a bunch of nails and a bunch, almost like a bomb. And she, at that time, was a secretary. And uh, Lisa opened up the package and all these nails came and just about killed her. But you know what? Because the blessing of God was upon her, no weapon formed against her could prosper. And you could never tell that she went through that. She's like the three Hebrew children. She came out of it without a sense, smell of smoke. Amen? And so she's healed by the power of God. But she has got a tremendous ministry. You know, Joel is awesome, and Lisa's wonderful too. So if you want to look at her website and get some good teaching and great articles, her name is Lisa Combs, C-O-M-E-S, and you'll be blessed. I was reading something that she said in one of her articles. Listen to this. Lisa said, Did you know that there are billions of dollars worth of unclaimed inheritances in the United States? She says, You can search online and Google unclaimed inheritances. Wouldn't it be nice to do that and see your picture? And she said, And you will find that there are unclaimed properties, assets, and inheritance because the heirs cannot be found. In other words, there are people who have not received their inheritance because they don't even know about it. And she said this, you have received an inheritance from Jesus and you need to claim it. You see, this morning what we've done, Pastor Tom did a great job in the offering. I'm doing a good job in preaching the Word of God. We showed up for the reading of the will. We just simply showed up to show ourselves, to to have faith come, to read in the will what belongs to us. There was a prophecy that came forth in 2011, and I want to read it to you. This is from Kenneth Copeland on November 10th, 2011. He says, I have a great storehouse. Much more has been stored up in the storehouse of riches beyond your wildest dreams that I've laid up, laid up for you from before the foundation of the world. Much more is stored up there than what the church has ever called for. Or what the church has ever claimed. He says, I have never held back on the church, saith the Lord, and the God of plenty. I have made it available to you. I put it in my word. I gave you promise and stood behind it with blood. The precious blood of your Savior. He went on. But there has been a backwardness in my people about laying hold of or claiming the things that I provided for you. But this I will say, and I will give a hearty amen to it, because I believe this with all of my heart for you and for me. But this I will say, there's a special people in the land. There's a people around the world. There's a people strong and mighty, growing much stronger and much mightier and more bold to lay hold and put their claim of faith on the things that I have laid up for you. And it thrills me, says the Lord, because it's been yours all the time. Come on, lift up your hands and say with me, I lay hold. I claim Abraham's blessing. I claim all 
that Jesus has bought and paid for me. I proclaim abundance in my life. Abundance of peace. Abundance of joy. Abundance of strength. Abundance of health. Oh, glory to God. I lay hold of it by faith. And I believe that I receive. Hallelujah. I looked up that word backwardness. There's been a backwardness in my people. Miriam Webster says this, to be behind, not as, not as advanced in learning or in development. That's why it's so important for us to hear this and to rehearse this and to proclaim this and to believe this. Amen. Are you listening? Yes. Now listen to what Gloria Copeland says. Gloria said this, Heaven's always, heaven always has a good economy. And then she went on to say, this is where we receive from. It does not matter what is happening in the earth. We're not receiving it from the earth. We're receiving it from heaven. Say with me, I am a believer. And I am a receiver. And I'm living. I'm living. I'm living in the overflow. Did you get anything out of this this morning?